Hey, this is Jeremy Reisner, pastor of C2 Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the C2 Church podcast today. I hope it inspires and builds your faith and helps you see that God is up to something in your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. Wow, that was a hearty good morning. That cold weather is not affecting you. Family online, thanks for joining us. You know, they say that you can go without water for about three days. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I've never tried it personally. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) On purpose? Most of us wouldn't, and most of us shouldn't try that. Three days without water. What's the longest you've ever gone without drinking something? Drinking water. Two days? That's not healthy. (laughs) You were sick. Okay, yeah. So when you're sick, you gotta you gotta hydrate. Three days without water. I've read survival stories. I don't know if you're one of these people like me. I love reading survival stories about people who have gone on various trips or adventures and something happens and they have no water. And the the lengths at which they go to get water, to drink other things. Ew. Ew, uh huh. Those lost at sea, surrounded by water, yet they can't drink any of it. Why? Salt. Yeah. Salt in it dehydrates you. At the height of John chapter 7, where we're starting today, sandwiched between the controversy, the questioning, and the division we find in this chapter, Jesus makes a startling statement about water. In verse 37, where I want to start today. John 7, 37, Jesus makes this statement. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Like many of Jesus' statements in the previous chapters, he's making an analogy, a spiritual analogy to something in the physical world, something that we can understand. In the last chapter, we talked about Jesus proclaiming that he is the bread of life, that if we were to eat his body and drink his blood, per se, that we would find life. And so it is in this chapter. He's speaking of spiritual water. Spiritual or water throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament, especially, represent the Word of God. It represents the Spirit of God, the, the very essence of who God is. And so Jesus speaks of a, a spiritual thirst that only He can satisfy. What is spiritual thirst? Could you identify it? I, I think you might be able to. I think in each of us there's an inner struggle with spiritual thirst. And the way that plays out in our life is that we search for other things to quench that thirst. Much like a a person stranded in the desert or stranded in the wilderness with no water, sometimes we accept anything as a substitute. And as our thirst grows more and more desperate, we're willing to drink just about anything. So we find ourselves throughout this life, throughout the struggle, finding 
trying to find something that will satisfy. Through physical means, we try to satisfy a spiritual thirst. Have you ever had that moment where you said to yourself or thought to yourself, there must be more to this life? I would contend, as C.S. Lewis, the great writer, contended, that if there is that hunger and thirst within you that longs for something that this world cannot satisfy, that indeed you are actually made for something greater. And that perhaps that hunger, that thirst can only be satisfied by such means. Spiritual thirst often comes out in the yearnings and the accolades and the the drivenness of life. Well, if I, if I just get to that next stage of life, I think when I was a kid, it was like when I was in elementary school, man, I can't wait to get to middle school. And had I only known what middle school had been like, I would have stayed in elementary school. Right? Right? Our, our middle school and high schoolers can uh, attest to this. And then you're like, well, I can't wait to get to high school because then I can leave middle school behind. And then I'll finally be cool. That didn't happen for me. But then it's, I can't wait to get to 16 because then I'll have my license. And then 18 because I get to be out of high school. And then 21 because I get to do other things. And, and it's this, this longing, this yearning. And, if I, and for us adults, maybe it's if I just worked harder, if I could just get that next, that next raise, that, that, that next promotion, if I could just buy that next car, that next house, a bigger house, a bigger car, a better car, and if I could just do that next thing and the next thing, and maybe, maybe something will click. Maybe I'll finally find purpose and meaning, and I'll quench that deep spiritual thirst that resides inside of me. And I think it's when those things fail, especially when they fail.